sure as God made green apples, someday the Chicago Cubs are going to be in the World Series. Here's the 0-1. This is going to be a tough play. Play it. The Cubs win the World Series. You are locked on Cubs. Your daily Chicago Cubs podcast. But we didn't come here to drink beer. We came here to win this ball game. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team every day. I said to the Uber boy, I said, take me out with the crowd. What's going on, Cubs fans? You're listening to Locked On Cubs, part of the Locked On Network, your team every day. I'm your host, Sean Sears, and on today's episode, we are breaking down a Cubs win as they beat the Pirates Thursday afternoon 4-2 to as the Cubs were able to get more than three hits but still relied solely on the long ball to win Thursday. Um, we'll break down the win in the first segment, and then we're going to talk about some of those offensive woes in the second segment and kind of point out some of the positives we're seeing. The Cubs are still walking more than anyone in baseball, which makes sense why they've been able to scratch some of these runs across. There's some peripheral stats that make me think that the Cubs just need to turn some things around, get into a groove, and things could be happening. So we'll talk about that in the second segment, as well as touch on the bullpen. Uh, a quick wrap up there. Craig Kimbrell, good. Dan Winkler, bad. Very, very, very bad. Uh, he walked the bases loaded, but luckily Kimbrell came in, got two outs with the bases loaded, and then got the final three outs to close out Thursday's win. It was actually 350th save. We'll talk about that and then finish up the show with a vaccine update on the players and the Mets uh, had one of the more awkward walk-off wins that was pretty egregious when we uh, when you see some of the highlights. So we'll talk about that in the final segment of today's show. But Today's episode is brought to you by Locker Room. Download the Locker Room app from the iOS App Store and find one of our lockdown rooms. Locker Room, changing the way we talk sports. So here in this first segment, as we talked about, the Cubs beat the Pirates 4-2. to Jake Arrieta goes six strong innings, another quality start. Um, on the day, six innings, seven hits, two earned runs, three walks, four strikeouts, lowers his ERA to 2.25, or raises his ERA technically to 2.25. Um, but Jake 2-0 in the season, another quality start. Um, for an outing that he just did not seem to have great control over that sinker two-seamer, um, the pitches were moving a lot more for him than I think he was expecting to, which was um, it, not easy for Jake to adjust to, but you could see him making those adjustments later on in the game, kind of pushing that two-seamer closer to the inside of the plate, letting it run, hopefully, to the outside corner. He did get some more calls um, than he was later in the game. Wilson Contreras was doing a good job framing that two-seamer, but the sinker just didn't quite hold up in the zone as much and. uh Jake struggled a little bit, uh, but he was able to find himself through this. The Pirates weren't necessarily threatening. He did find himself in a few tough spots. He did load the bases up after giving up a single. He walked two batters to load the bases for uh, pitcher Tyler Anderson. Uh, Not really a threat. He popped out, and Jake was able to get himself out of that uh, kerfuffle. But, um, you know, Pirates go 0 for 6 with runners in scoring position. That's a... there, excuse me, that's the Cubs. The Cubs go 0 for 6 in the runners in scoring position. The Pirates went 1 for 6 in runners in scoring position. They obviously drove in the two runs. But, um, you know, another solid start for Jake. He talked after the game saying, uh, I think it was Russell Dorsey, asked him a question about uh, whether or not he was feeling, uh, you know, good about these starts, what, what he was expecting going into his third start, kind of getting, you know, the feel of things being back in a Cub uniform. And he said it's only going to get better, uh, that he said he worked his changeup in a little bit more. And we did see that pitch today. Um, that wasn't a pitch he threw a whole lot. 
um, when he was with the Cubs, he had higher velocity and could strike out guys more. Jake's kind of reinventing himself this season and a little bit last year too. Um, but we saw he's one of the higher sinker ball pitchers in baseball. He was always a guy that pitched to the low portion of the strike zone, would kind of naturally have a two-seamer, but he's truly throwing a sinker now, which was something he had, but wasn't something he utilized quite consistently with the Cubs. It really was his two-seamer that he used that he paired off with the cutter-slider combination, throwing a fastball here and there, but he wasn't throwing that change-up. He didn't really have that sink ball that he has now. It's it's a dramatic drop, and you can see Jake is playing very well into this defensive construction the Cubs have had, so that was really encouraging. It was nice to see this. Um, offensively, the Cubs come away with 11 hits on the day. It's nice to see more than three. Uh, big plus, but they still relied heavily on the long ball. They scored all three runs off of home runs. It started with a Chris Bryant, lead, or not leadoff, but first inning home run. Javier Baez did a two-run shot that he just about golfed into left field. That was a nice swing. And then Rizzo got them an insurance run later in this game, but that was the scoring, you know. Top of the eighth, Rizzo home run, his first of the year. That was nice to see Rizzo get on, uh, get on the board, get on the home run board. It's nice when that happens. But um, when it comes down to it, the Cubs – seem to be solely uh, relying on the ball leaving the yard for them to score runs. Uh, It was frustrating, too, because it's not like the Cubs haven't been collecting hits. It's not like they're doing this all at once. They've been able to get runners on the corner a couple times. They've they've put runners in scoring position. They did it six times today. Clearly didn't come through. Um, You know, those are just things where, like David Bodie, for instance, he grounds into a double play. That ball was scorched. If it's a little bit more to the left or the right or he raises that ball, that's probably down the line, and it's a base-clearing double. Uh, There's just a lot of balls that the Cubs have had that just, when you talk about BABIP, which is batting average and balls in play, you know, it, it, good luck and bad luck sometimes. You get good luck here. I talked about it at the top of the show uh, or yesterday. I think uh, Jason Hayward had a chop single or bunt single that are, essentially was a bunt down the left field side that he's able to get a single for. David Bodie then smashes that ball right at third baseman Evans, and he's out. Bodie hit the ball harder. You would think a harder hit ball turns into an out, but it's all about where you place it. Hayward comes away with a hit. Bodie grounds into a double play. Um you know, that's, that's just how it's break. It's broken out for the Cubs. A couple other times, like I, I, another one that comes to mind was that bloop single or almost bloop single that Chris Bryant almost dropped yesterday, but it was a scoop catch by Avisel Garcia in right field. The Cubs, if they keep having these approach at the plate, I mean, they're seeing a lot of pitches. We'll, we'll talk about this more in the second segment um, about the Cubs walking and, and what they're doing right on the offensive side. That makes me think there are things to come, but I mean, it just feels like the Cubs aren't hitting pitches uh, is really what it comes down to. They're not driving the ball outside of these home runs. We've seen them hit. Uh, they're, they're not hitting it with authority. They're not really walking a ton. They're striking out more than they typically do. Um, I mean, we saw, we've seen a lot of strikeouts. I mean, Freddie Peralta made these guys look silly a couple days ago, but even today, Contreras, three strikeouts at the top of this lineup. He let off today. I don't really get that. He's an aggressive hitter that, you know, when he does make contact crushes the ball. That profile seems to fit right in with your five, six, seven hitters. Um, they want to go Contreras. I don't know if um, David Ross must be seeing something out of Willie, but he's not seeing a lot of pitches at the top of the lineup. I don't really get that. But even still, the Cubs, we talked about this with Ryan yesterday, they saw a lot of pitches against Peralta a couple nights ago, and they still couldn't hit him. So there's clearly something going on here in terms of the Cubs just not picking the right pitches, not identifying certain pitches. We've seen Ian Happ. He struggled a little bit. As Ryan talked about in our show yesterday, he started out the game staring at two fastballs in the zone and swung and missed at a curveball that was completely out of the zone. 
that tells you right away that guy's not only not seeing pitches, but he's guessing. He doesn't know what's coming up next. And that's a massive concern for your potential leadoff hitter. So I'm uh, I'm okay with Ross playing around these lineups a little bit, but I, I don't know if I love Contreras at the top of this lineup. I hope he makes me look silly and, and Willis Wilson can just, you know, start clubbing balls and maybe go Alfonso Soriano on us and really start driving the ball. But I, I just don't see him being your typical leadoff hitter, the guy that's going to see a lot of pitches. Doesn't really make sense to me there. Um, but let's talk about Craig Kimbrell. Uh, I, I teased this, this at the top of the show. Dan Winkler came in at the top of the eighth, or excuse me, bottom of the eighth, and uh, proceeded to walk the first three batters he saw. He saw the minimum, walked all three of them, just threw a bunch of balls, did not have it with him. Um, and that's uh, that's no good. When you're talking about Winkler, he threw 15 pitches, three strikes. 15 pitches, three strikes. Um, what is it you say you do here, Danny boy? Um, I don't get this. I don't like Dan Winkler. There's nothing really about his numbers that make you think he could be something better. I know there was like this thread I saw on Twitter, I think from Michael Ernst possibly, or maybe it was Brian Smith from uh, Bleacher Nation that was talking about how Winkler has a really good tunneling aspect on his pitches. His cutter moves quite a bit more than a typical cutter. Um, and it could possibly throw guys off when he pairs that with the two seamer you know, that, that tunneling aspect can, can, can work that. And you can see those two pitches moving in a similar way and then moving away from, or towards whatever type of batter you're facing there. Um, it, it, no, it's just leaving the zone. He's not throwing it for strikes. That cutter's moving a lot, but he has no command over it. How's that pitch help you? How's Dan Winkler help you? I don't know. I hated it. I was pretty freaking pissed, but then Craig Kimbrell comes in, strikes out the two batters he needs to get out of there and then shuts on the game and get to get his second save of the year. His, 350th career save. Kimbrell, three more strikeouts to add on to his totals. He's looked fantastic through four outings. Two clear save situations. Kimbrell's come in and, you know, hasn't really made you nervous like he has before. He's locating his fastball. One thing I want to say here, he did strike out Omar Navarez yesterday on, I believe it was three straight knuckleballs. That is confidence. When Kimbrell is throwing that pitch for a strike and three times in a row against a batter, he's identified something. He's recognized that he has an advantage over them and he's exploiting it. We have not seen Craig Kimbrell do that ever in a Cub uniform. That's a big change for him. If he's going to be a guy the Cubs can lean on in this bullpen, that's a massive, massive plus to a team that I think we all looked at this bullpen, even with Kimbrell returning back at some form of what he used to be, and said, yikes. You know, like this, 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 this group could maybe find themselves, and maybe the Cubs can pair some arms together and, you know, find what their bullpen's going to look like in a month. And, you know, that's great. But it was all uh, completely hinging on whether or not Kimbrell could hold down that closer spot. And so far through four outings, he's looked about as good as you could ask for a guy to. Um, and not just because, you know, caveat, oh, Craig Kimbrell has looked better than he has in a Cub uniform. He looks good. He looks like Craig Kimbrell. And, uh, man, that's, uh, that's fun. This episode is brought to you by Locker Room. Locker Room's the first social audio platform made for sports fans. The app is free to download, and once you're in, you can talk with fans, athletes, and insiders in the real time about your favorite team or sport. It's the perfect place to jump in and start a conversation about the league. You'll find almost all of our lockdown hosts on the MLB side of things. Of course, you'll find as well the NBA and NHL, NFL hosts, anything with an N in our hosts. We are included in that. Um, I'll be joining the locker room soon as well, and I can't wait to meet you guys there. But make sure you download the free locker room app now, currently on all iOS devices. Be sure to create a profile, link your Twitter, and then join any of the groups, whether that's 
NBA, MLB, NHL. Find the latest about league updates, conversations. You'll find a ton of incredible rooms with your favorite teams and leagues. I can't wait to join you guys on the app. I'll make sure to let you guys know once Lockdown Cubs Room is live. Download the Locker Room app today. Locker Room, changing the way we talk sports. Get all the sports news you need in under 20 minutes with the Lockdown Today podcast. Host Peter Bukowski updates you on the latest news in every major sport with the help of our local experts. Follow the Lockdown Today podcast on the Odyssey app wherever you get podcasts. Uh, so here in the second segment, we are talking about this Cubs offense. Obviously, they are not doing so well. They are currently fifth in baseball in strikeouts. They have, I believe, the lowest batting average in baseball right now at 124. People keep showing the stat of the major league pitching batting average currently being like a hundred and I think it's one fifty-four. Cubs are at one twenty-four. This is these are numbers obviously coming before today's game here. It's gonna go up a little bit. The Cubs got eleven hits. Uh that batting average hopefully will climb a decent amount. Um, but currently the lowest batting average in baseball. They have one of the lowest on base percentages in baseball. It, it's still at two fifty. Um for a team that's not hitting to still have a 250 on base percentage. I mean, it's the second worst in baseball right now, Um, but it's entirely dependent on the Cubs walking. Um, (laughs) And right now, the Cubs lead all baseball with walks at 13.2%. They're walking more than anyone else in baseball. There's teams close behind them, 12.7, 12.2. But they're one of the few teams that is walking nearly as high as they are, but also striking out nearly as high as they are um, with a pretty awful BABIP of... uh, Jeez, I just lost it. 132. So that just tells you, I mean, there's a lot of numbers there right there that 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 say these don't make sense. You don't see a team with this type of patience striking out as much as they are. You don't see a team that's getting on base this poorly walk this much. And we don't see a team with a batting average of 124 uh, come into the situation and come away with 11 hits in the next game. Clearly, these are all numbers that are small sample sizes, but I keep looking back at the strikeout and walk numbers. A strikeout rate for the Cubs at nearly 29% is relatively high. I mean, the Cubs do have some guys that'll strike out. Javier Baez, Jock Peterson, Wilson Contreras, Chris Bryant had four strikeouts with his double in that one-hit game they had a couple days ago against the Brewers. Uh, The Cubs aren't seeing the ball relatively well, and we're going to see some of that, but uh, you don't typically see a team walk nearly as much as the Cubs have um, if they're not at least pretty good at identifying pitching. So it's it's such a weird kind of thing, but I I, I know this team will, will see their strikeout numbers go down a little bit. There's no way Chris Bryant's going to consistently strike out four games or four times in a bats. Wilson Contreras, he's not going to have three strikeout games on this as consistently as he has. Um, those are going to start to improve. We're going to see the plate discipline get better. And the other thing too is the Cubs are going to start hitting extra base hits. That's going to happen. Um, so that... ISO rating right now is at 166 because of the home runs. Uh, that's still pretty solid for uh, a team that isn't hitting. <laughs> um, you know, that's middle of the pack. That puts the Cubs at 11 in all of baseball right now at an ISO of 166. They're tied with the Tigers for 10th. So, um, you know, that that tells me I mean that when they are picking their pitches or getting hold of their pitches, they're crushing it. Uh, they've got a weighted on base percentage of 249. Yeah, that makes sense. Slugging about 290. So they're, they're home run or bust right now. They've got a war. They're, they're tied for the worst in baseball right now. Negative 0.4 war. Um, you know, there's, there's a lot here that I look at and say, there's no way the Cubs continue to do this poorly at the plate. And when you look at the things they're doing well, it makes you think, okay, so I mean, 
the Cubs score a couple runs and suddenly they're they're winning some of these games five to one, five to two. You know, like that's really where those differences are. If they can just start seeing some of these guys swing at pitches that are in the zone and do some damage, start seeing this Babbitt luck start going the other direction for them in moments. They keep putting the ball in play. Good things are going to happen. And they're doing so. Um, it just seems like they're not picking out those right pitches. It doesn't seem like they they understand how teams are choosing to attack them quite yet. Um, and it seems like there's been different approaches through each game so far. We, we've seen them have a really patient approach at the plate, and then we've seen them get very aggressive with a guy like Brandon Woodruff. They must have, I mean, an idea of who what they want to do against certain pitchers. So I know it's frustrating, but clearly they're they're doing some things right. They're still getting runs pushed on the board certain times, even when they aren't being very productive with their hits or when they are stranding runners on bases. Um, but you can see the aggression that they have on the base, base pass. I think that's going to be something that ends up coming in their favor because teams just aren't quite as aggressive at stealing bases on the base paths like you know they have been in you know 15 years ago or so. But if the Cubs are to kind of push that aggression a little bit with a group that is really athletic. Uh, we, don't, we don't talk about a lot. We don't see Javier Baez steal bases, but he went after it a little bit um, and stole a couple bags a few days ago. I like that. Wilson Contreras is a very athletic guy. Chris Bryant can go first to fir- third faster than just about anyone in baseball at times. He's got long strides. Um, this team needs to start utilizing that athleticism to give themselves that advantage because you know, they, they need every advantage they can get. So take those chances because you know, right now, especially with the way your team is hitting, you're, you're not really manufacturing those chances and not at least getting the most out of those chances. So why not take a risk because your team isn't really producing at the moment? I like that approach. I, I, I'm i excited. I think that translates into more offense for them in the future too. So I, I think maybe just you get a couple games, like a guy like Jock Peterson, a very streaky hitter, got his first home run against the Brewers a couple days ago, yesterday. Um, you know, uh, maybe he gets on a tear and suddenly Jack Peterson hitting. You've got Rizzo, Baez, and, and Bryant still doing what they've been doing recently, at least at the moment. Now suddenly offense starts to rally around a guy like Peterson and the offense figures things out. I keep hoping that's what's going to happen, but you, you don't walk nearly thirteen over 13% of your bats on um, my accident. That doesn't just happen. The Cubs have seen some wild pitchers here and there. The Pirates and Brewers aren't necessarily elite, um, but there's some elite pitchers on both sides that have pitched well against the Cubs and they've still found ways to work walks, get hits. Um, well, I mean, not necessarily get hits, but they've gotten some hits. Um, <laughs> but I, there's just no way they can continue to hit at this clip, walk at this rate, strike out at this rate. There's just so many unattainable numbers. Like you look at a team that just might be smashing the cover off the baseball or look at a guy who's absolutely crushing the ball and you say they're going to come back to career norms. This is the exact opposite for the Cubs. <laughs> We're going to see these numbers go up. They're going to trend up. They're not going to continuously hit 100, 124. You see that batting average come closer to league average around 250, 260. Um, you know, Things start clicking. Things make sense. The Cubs just get a couple extra hits and runs come in. It, it, with how many guys they're getting on base in these last few games, at least here today, some of the early on games against the Brewers, those that series against the Pirates, it felt like they left runs on the field. Um, even today, it felt like there were some times where they weren't necessarily taking advantage of their opportunities. You could say the same for the Pirates, I guess, too. But it, it, we know there's a certain pedigree of this team. They're not going to hit 124 the rest of the season. They're going to find a way to lower that strikeout rate, increase the batting average. The walk rate's probably going to hover back down to maybe 12 or 11% where we typically see the Cubs, but um, these numbers are going to start to come up. 
And once that happens, we're seeing some positive things already happening with the Cubs struggling out of the gate. And they're still 4-3. and three. They haven't looked fantastic, but they're still 4-3. and three. They're getting excellent pitching right now from their starters. Their bullpen has figured things out, kind of, sort of. And with a guy like Craig Kimbrell at the back end, that's really encouraging. I did want to touch on the bullpen quickly, though. I know we've, we've talked a lot about Craig Kimbrell. It's four games. I don't want to overreact to things, but I, I think he's looked really good. And I, I think you're starting to be able to see a, a guy you can lean on as a closer at the very least. So that's good to see. But the lefties in the pen, uh, Andrew Chafin and uh, Rex Brothers both look solid. I mean, Brothers has a ERA of like 13 something right now, but he looked really strong in his uh, his inning of work, getting a true setup option. He looks like he could be one of those guys. Chafin has just been, man, nails and then some. So cool doesn't seem to be bothered by any pressure just goes out there and throws bullets that's nice to see um you know who i don't want to see anymore though is dan winkler i don't get what's going on there um through you face the minimum walk the first three guys he saw you know you don't want to overreact to this but this is the same pirates team that the cubs made look absolutely silly in that first series in terms of swinging and missing at pitches so um i don't know what winkler I don't know what he brings to this bullpen. I haven't really liked him. I know he's a veteran guy, and the Cubs must like something about his movement on his pitches because he's not throwing very hard. He's not missing a lot of bats. So they must think they can get that soft contact from him, but I don't really like that approach from a reliever. Same with Jason Adam. I, I'm not wild about him. I know he's got true elite-level stuff. He's got an excellent changeup, a pretty good two-seamer. They work off of one another, and that that I can see working at a major league level. Um, the Winkler stuff has never looked impressive to me, and I've never thought he's really fooled guys necessarily. He's worked himself out of some jams and made some tough pitches. I'll give him that. Um, he did that quite a bit last year. Um, but... Uh, even still, I mean, the Cubs are very results-based with their bullpen last year. It was pretty much, you know, go get outs. I don't care what it looks like, go get outs. They're in a position now where they can evaluate guys much more in-depth and give them more time to figure things out. I think Winkler's going to play himself out of his bullpen. I could see Jason Adam figuring things out because he does have elite stuff, but again, command is more important than elite stuff. Neither Winkler has command or elite stuff. Jason Adam has elite stuff, but no command. I'm not wild about these guys, and I keep looking back at this trade to send Dwayne Underwood over to the Pirates, and I keep saying to myself, man, it would be great if we could have a guy who throws hard and could go multiple innings, but instead we have Dan Winkler and Jason Adam, so whatever, I guess, but um, I've liked what I've seen out of some guys, though. I mean, Dylan Maples looks solid, um, and I think he's just had an inning of work so far, but uh, or two innings of work, actually, two strike or four strikeouts, two walks. You'll take that for eight batters face so far. No runs given up quite yet. He hasn't given up a hit. Um, that's nice. Let Winkler or let uh, let Maples get um, some confidence before we start putting him in high leverage moments. But you know, we forget this guy's twenty nine. This isn't a twenty five year old prospect. This is a guy that's been in the Cubs system for a bit and needs to figure it out now or never. Brandon Workman, another guy that struggled a little bit in his two and two thirds innings so far. He's had a couple walks and some strikeouts, but he's been a guy that Ross has gone to right away in those uh, moments. Or I know he came out in opening day and immediately relieved uh, Hendricks for an inning. He's a guy that uh, it feels like uh, Ross is comfortable going into going to in those like moments where he needs the 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 stop the bleeding, so to speak, I guess, can keep the game as close as it can for a moment. I like that approach with someone like him. He's got the stuff to really kind of throw guys off in a moment, especially when you see a guy like him in like the fifth or sixth inning. Um, you know, you don't expect a guy with his kind of stuff to be all of a sudden there in the middle of a game. It's a little jarring. So I, I, I like a lot of these guys, but um, Dan Winkler needs to be off my baseball team, and I wouldn't be upset if Jason Adam ended up being not on the Cubs at some point too. 
Hey, Locked On fans, BetOnline is the fastest and easiest way to bet on all your sports action. Football might be over, but NBA, college basketball, and the NHL are in full swing. BetOnline even covers awards, TV shows, reality TV, real updates on odds and props on almost anything you can imagine. BetOnline has you covered for all the news, scores, and odds. It's the best way to place your bets, and it's free to sign up. Head to the website or use the mobile app device to sign up today and receive 50% off on a welcome bonus on your first deposit. Bet online, your online sportsbook experts. Use promo code LOCKDOWN. Be a waiver wire winner with the Lockdown Fantasy Baseball Podcast. It's a daily fantasy podcast hosted by veteran fantasy analyst Scott Cohen, who uses data and nearly two decades of fantasy baseball experience to offer the strategies and waiver wire pickups that lead the league wins. Follow Lockdown Fantasy Baseball on the Odyssey app or wherever you get podcasts. So here in this third and final segment, we'll go kind of quick here. Uh, David Ross pointed out, uh, he was asked about vaccines, and he said that the Cubs had not reached that, I think it was 85% of the club being vaccinated to allow um, less restrictions in terms of road games and traveling and what have you. So, um, you know, obviously that means if they're all vaccinated or pretty close to being vaccinated, then it means less testing, fewer requirements to wear masks, you know, more accommodations for family more freedom on the road, those type of things. Those are all things baseball promised if teams were to get vaccinated um, up to 85%. So the Cubs haven't quite gotten there. Ross said in a quote, we're working towards it. I have encouraged the guys to seek out all the information, and make decisions for themselves. We're trying to get as many guys vaccinated as possibly as we possibly can. But at the end of the day, it's their choice. I've kind of left it up to them. I just want them to be informed. Our doctors have given great, have been great giving information to anybody that wants it. So uh, yeah, pretty much that seems like it's what the plan is right now. And Jed Hoyer said, in my opinion, in terms of not forcing players to get vaccinated, uh, but saying how it is the right thing to do. In my opinion, it's the right thing to do. If the players have a personal reason, they don't want to get it. That's their personal choice. We're not in a position of being able to mandate that they get a vaccine. That's probably the most you can do if you're a baseball team to say you really should do this. But um, I'm glad they're not necessarily making players do it. It should probably be a mandatory thing. But with how polarizing of a topic it is and how people can fall on other sides of the political spectrum just by deciding one thing or another, um, I, I think it's probably the right approach from the Cubs side of things. I hope players look into getting vaccinated. I hope everyone looks into getting vaccinated. So um, that'll be me getting off my soapbox now. So anyone that's upset that I talked about that, I apologize, but not really. You should get vaccinated. If you don't don't think you should, please come tell me why. I'd love to hear those reasons. But um, to wrap up the show, two quick things here. The Mets had one of the weirdest walk-off wins um, with Michael Conforto literally leaning into the strike zone to take a, uh, to get hit with the bases loaded to uh, win that game as a walk-off and a one-two count. Um, man, fun fact, Anthony Bass, former Cub, um, on the mound actually and hits Conforto. But looking at this replay, I'm looking at a tweet from Lindsey Adler. Um, I mean, he just full-on throws his elbow into the strike zone. It's like it's like not even that far inside in the plate. It's pretty close inside, and he just straight up leans his shoulder or his elbow protector into the ball and pops it over like so late that the ball like travels through the right-handed batter's box and away from the catcher um yeah like what <laughs> what in the world that's definitely going to result in some type of like i mean the baseball is going to have to comment on this the crew chiefs are going to be probably i don't know i don't know what they i don't know what type of like repercussions there are for missing those type of calls like that but that's bad um i don't know how you let the mets have a walk-off win on that that probably should have been either redo of the situation or conforto should have been called out because that was strike three it looked like um so yeah, 
stupid. I that's so dumb. I I hate that, but yeah, whatever. Um, and then one final note I wanted to mention before we wrap up here today. I um I accepted a job at six seventy the score. I will be officially their part-time board operator and producer for the Les Grobstein show. So I will be running the board starting next week at the score um, from 12 a.m. to 5 a.m. So if you're bored and can't fall asleep and are a somniac and want to hear me click buttons, feel free to do so. But you should also listen to Les because it'll be fun to help run the board with his show and eventually help start to produce his show. Um, but yeah, really great opportunity. Cannot wait to get started. Um, I've been, I've known about me having the job for about a week or so, but I, I I was waiting for HR things and to talk with Mitch Rosen at the score. But I had my uh, orientation yesterday, I guess, and then tonight, actually Thursday night, I'll be uh, going over to do some training uh, for the first time, running the board and whatnot. So I, I'm really excited about it, but I have to say thanks to Shane Reardon. Um, he did so much for me to get this job. Thanks to Mitch Rosen for doing multiple interviews with me and being super flexible with me to allow me to continue to do this podcast as well as keep my nine to five for the moment. Um, just cool. Uh, I can't say enough nice things about the score and I, I can't wait to get myself involved in whatever the heck they need me to get involved in. So I'm, I'm looking forward to it, but that is today's show. We appreciate you guys sticking around. If you have not yet, make sure you are following us on Twitter at lockdown cubs. You can follow me on Twitter at Sean R Sears. If you have not yet, make sure you're following the podcast on whatever podcast app you use, whether that's Google, Apple, Spotify, Odyssey, make sure you are following, leave a five-star review and That is our show, Cubs fans. You guys enjoy the rest of your day. Cubs are off Friday. We will still have a podcast previewing the rest of this weekend series with the Pirates later in the day, Friday, but uh, no game tomorrow. So enjoy the day off, and as always, go Cubs.